This podcast will argue why most people won't change, even when they want to. Because you want to change your circumstances, but not yourself as a consequence. Doubt, fear, and chaos is the name of the game when all things are said and done, but that's the point. And in this journey, if you want grounded, which are why that started this entire venture in the first place, and your commitment towards it, surely you'll move in a direction, but not the right one. The path may even be more laden with resistance than is necessary, and all of this would be self-imposed. Take the individual that shies away from social functions as an example. Firstly, they're shy because this is the best strategy available to them to avoid unnecessary turbulence. Bullies, the wrong crowd, wolves in sheep's clothing, these things are in abundance. And there's also the inconveniences of large crowds, public elements of rejection, and the more common mentally draining small talk. Now, it isn't necessarily destructive to avoid these things, but in the aspiration of trying to become more sociable, you'll realize you can't hold on to both. And for some who want to step outside of it, they'll realize that they've built a wall around themselves, brick by brick, layer by layer, towering over them, the main function to defend them against the harsh realities of the world outside of it. But what they soon realize is after they've been entrapped in this prison of their own design is that if they want to step out into the world where all possibility does lie, they would have to tear down what's comfortable and step into the unknown. They would have to do the very thing that that wall was meant to fight against. But this person's aspiration to become more sociable, it may come from many things. Wanting a new circle of friends, wanting to get back into the dating market if they're crazy about. But the realization of juggling who you are now and who you want to be will create some dissonance and you can't have the opinion of hating social functions while wanting to make new friends they're the chicken and the egg in a circumstance and the deficit doesn't care about your demands of how you hope improvements in your life happen it's only the price and the cost that comes with it and often it's not what you want it's what's necessary you can't juggle who you are now and who you want to be when you're on this path you have to prioritize one of them and the stubborn oftentimes find themselves holding on to both for too long, and they sabotage everything. And continually, people, whether it be through New Year's resolutions or certain events happening in their life, and they try to make the decision that I am going to change. But they don't succeed. They weren't ready, and they weren't prepared. They're running to clean a house with mud-soaked boots. It creates more problems than it solves. But keeping up with the theme of being shy and wanting to make new friends, for that shy individual, they would have to set a flame, the rotten oak of their old self, in order to allow for new growth. And moments will pass when they're burning this part of themselves, when they realize they didn't really know themselves and they can't really recognize themselves. 
and they begin to question why they were in the past. And in the process of resolving this with themselves and confronting it, they realize that they had certain behaviors and ideations that they didn't entirely understand about themselves. Why am I afraid of talking to people? Why am I afraid of rejection? Why, when presented with an opportunity to do better and prosper, do I hesitate? Not only do I hesitate, but I also find a way to sabotage that opportunity to such an extent, to such a capacity, where it won't present itself to me ever again. There will be questions like this. And for some, they'll immediately dismiss it. Because if you choose to linger any longer, you'll realize that you don't know. No one goes without having this experience, this phase of not knowing. And eventually you'll go through a period of introspection, which will lead you to a solution, an aha moment. And in the example that I brought up before, why am I afraid of rejection? And as you begin to mediate with yourself to find the answer, you'll probably find yourself back to when you were in a sixth, seventh, or whatever grade, when you were asking someone to be a lab buddy. You were asking to be picked in gym class. When you were telling someone how you felt about them. And what subsequently happened afterwards is that you were rejected brutally, cruelly, especially if you were a kid. And what also follows is not only the rejection and the pain that comes with that, but other people, other kids, ridiculing and clowning you. And for some, your youth, your class, your school, your teachers, they're your whole world. And for them to openly reject you and mock you would make it seem like as if the world never is going to be doing you any favors. And that you weren't enough. And then after that realization, you'll conclude a few things about why you're afraid of rejection. Because you think you're not enough. There's also something else that happens, that the problem isn't addressed, a hidden condition. And if that particular ailment isn't really taken care of, what can manifest as something a bit more malevolent? And that thing is, you wouldn't even know what to do if that person were to say yes. Now think about it. If you were to go through a majority of your life accustomed to the reality of I'm not enough, whatever the case may be, and no matter what I will do, I will fail, and the falling out will be subsequently tragic. There's, there's no other, there's no convincing yourself that anything aside from that reality will happen. But what does happen when that person does say yes? What happens when that opportunity does present itself? What happens when you have this feeling that life is reciprocating back to you the very efforts that you put in. I'll tell you what happens. First, some examples. One of them could be you're at a job interview and the interviewer says, hey, you seem awfully qualified for this position, even overqualified. 
we would love to have you. Would you be interested in coming in tomorrow? Or you go to a bar and you decide to take your shot at this person that you see across it. And you take your chance. And that person says, hey, sure, take a seat, let's talk. What would happen when they say yes? Besides from the fact that your brain would literally explode at the reality that this is happening to you, the malevolent thing that would happen is that you would find any conceivable and irrational excuse to get yourself out of that situation. In the interview, hey, uh, sorry, I'm sorry, I, I, I forgot to mention something. Uh, I don't normally really have reliable transportation. I got a, a beat up sedan from the uh, from 97 and uh, sometimes it breaks down on me and I haven't really had the finances to be able to get a new one. So it, it, it may be a coin toss to whether or not I'll be able to come in on time or late. And I also have my mom who's sick. Uh, and uh, uh, sometimes I need to drop everything and go take care of her. So I, I, I don't think I would be a really good fit for you guys. And in the incident with the bar, you were like, hey, uh, well, uh, listen, this was just a dare that my friends uh, over at the other side had uh, told me to go upon. It, it wasn't really anything. Uh, it wasn't really, it wasn't anything much. I, I'm i sorry for wasting your, wasting your time. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, have a good night. And then you would walk away hurriedly, embarrassed. And in these examples, those excuses may not even be real, but they're convenient enough of excuses to distance yourself from that opportunity and that prospect. Because whatever that thing is that is a part of you, its need to be right trumps your need be happy this indistinguishable urge that it has to act upon your worst interest and it isn't even self-serving it only does it because it wants to be right uh, and honestly to me that is the most tragic aspect of not dealing with certain problems that baggage that you do have. Now, you have a decision to make once you come to this revelation. You can either let this burden go and learn how to love yourself and recognize the worth that you do have. And I won't sugarcoat it. It's a Sisyphusian hurdle, and it is not easy, but it's better than your alternative of receding back into your old ways and wondering what would happen if I changed a part of myself that I thought I couldn't live without having. But it's not easy. It's a hard place to get to. Alone, it seems impossible with, but with cherished company, it, no hurdle is truly impossible. But you may have a chance if you try. 
but you know that the opportunity will never present itself if you don't do anything to begin with. So it would be best to step outside of yourself, outside of what's comfortable. Take that chance. You could make your comfort zone uncomfortable, which would incentivize you to step outside of it. Or you could create a circle of accountability, whether or not it would be posting on social media, having your friends hold you accountable, making bets, doing this, that, and the other, making big announcements. Whatever the price may be, no matter the cost, you have to do it for you. And that's pretty much everything I got. I appreciate you for listening, and I hope you be well and be safe. Take care. Okay?